back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K-Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome to another episode of the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Rose, and today I have Jordan with me, and she is going to be interviewing me on starting a business and just starting in life, and so I'm really excited to welcome her. I'm always excited to join on the Cattle Menu Podcast, and this is a topic I'm super excited to learn more about from Caroline. My first question is, What are the best things about being an entrepreneur and starting a business? Dive into all four of the different businesses you have. Wow, we're going to start pretty deep here. The best thing about being a small business owner is time management, hands down. I value time with people so much. I actually... You guys will laugh at this, but I really want to get together with my friends. So I got married in um, New Year's Eve of 22. And so we saw a lot of people in 2022, right? Bachelorette parties, bridal showers, wedding, everything like that. And then 23 happened and it just really flew by. And I don't want another year to go by without getting together with a core group of friends. So I actually created a Google form. And I sent it out to all of my friends and I said, let's have a vacation. And so we can have a little girls trip. I'm only able to do things like that because I have time freedom. And that is one of the best parts about being a business owner and an entrepreneurial. I think I'd be probably considered a serial entrepreneur is that I get to control how I spend my day. And what I don't want you to hear is that. I work less hours on my business than a traditional job because I don't want to paint that light. I certainly don't. I very regularly put in 9, 10, 11, 12-hour days, 5, 6, 7 days a week. I am getting better 8 years into entrepreneur, actually 9 years. It will be 9 years in May. I'm getting better. But... I still work a lot. So just because I have time freedom doesn't mean that I am not putting in the time to help the businesses grow. I hope that makes sense. But when I look at the four businesses that I have and am currently managing, so I'm a cow-calf producer, so I have a cattle business. Um, I run K-Rose Company, which is an agriculture marketing agency. I have Kettleman U which is our educational platform for women in agriculture. And I run a farm-to-table retail store. So I'm in all kind of different avenues. And I think I'm going to dive into the best parts of each one. So in the cattle industry, there's nothing I like better than genetics and really studying the cows. And recently we sold off some of our cows because of the market and just opportunities and kind of our calving facilities. And as the cows were running in and we were getting ready to sort them, I just had so much 
pride. And I don't say that in a cocky way, but I've worked really hard to create this type of cow that I like. And I was saying to my dad, dang, they all look alike. Like I have created this type of cow that works for me that I like. And and it's really fun to AI and to raise some bulls and really study genetics. And that's one of my favorite pieces of being in the driver's seat in that cow-calf operation. When I look at the marketing aspect, I love the creativity that marketing brings and the ability to help someone pursue their dreams. Coming alongside them and really encouraging them to do what I feel is what God's calling them to do in the marketing world is so awesome. We have some incredible business owners we work with. All our customers have these genius ideas. They're doing things different. It's really interesting. I bet we're working with 40 seed stock producers this spring, maybe even more. And every single one of them is unique. Every single one. And I love that. I love finding those unique aspects and what makes them different. And and marketing is all creativity and language and communication and consistency. And I just, I love that puzzle of the marketing piece. And especially when I get to run my own business and not only market my business, but market for other people's. Education. I told this story on a webinar I recently did, but I actually started out in ag ed at Kansas State University. And I was really jealous of everyone who had an FFA program because we didn't when I grew up. And so I didn't have the experience of an ag teacher. And I know so many of my peers and friends, their ag teacher really shaped who they are today. And we just didn't have that option. So when I went to Kansas State, I thought that was an easy in. I'm going to be an ag teacher. I'm going to be in the classroom. My mom has an ag ed degree. And I spent a couple hours observing in the classroom. And I said, "Um, I cannot do this every day. And it was one of those moments where I thought, how can I be involved in education without being in the classroom? And I heard Dave Ramsey say at one time that he felt like he was a teacher, but he never was in a classroom. And that's one of the cool parts about running an educational company is I get to be learning alongside everyone else who's learning from us and learning with us. And I just love that piece. The other thing, especially inside Kettleman U, is I love the in-person. We've talked about it before on the podcast, but we have She's a Hand Ranch Camp. We're going to do more in-person. I love that connection. I love getting to see women transform in front of our eyes, gain confidence, practice things. And I love that piece of the education business. Retail, I own The Rancher's Daughter with Grayson. And it's a farm-to-table business where we sell my family's beef direct to the consumer with other beef product or other meat products and produce and jams and jellies and things like that. There's nothing better than when someone comes in and says, this is the best hamburger I've ever eaten, or it was the best roast, or I'm so lucky to know where my food comes from. And it kind of sometimes makes me a little bit emotional about it because I know how many people play a role in our family serving them beef. And it's all people I know, and I know their first names. And so 
It's like the ripple effect of being able to serve local food to a community like Kalispell, Montana is so cool. And just hearing that customer satisfaction and knowing that we're putting protein and vitamins and nutrients into these families' bodies by the meat we're providing, that's one of the coolest things. One thing I really admire about you is you're not afraid to try something new. If you have an idea, you're willing to dive both feet into it, and that's really impressive when it comes to starting. On the flip side of that, what are some of the mistakes that you've made when you're first starting out, and how did those impact your businesses? Well, buckle up, because if we're going to talk about mistakes, we might be here all day. Um, it's hard for me to, to be truthful. Nine years is really hard for me to remember every mistake I made, which is probably good, right? That's probably a God protection <laughs> to not be able to think about every single mistake I made. There are certainly some that keep me up at night. Um, I would say the very first mistake when I started my business is I lived outside my means. And that's because I wasn't making any money. My very first year in business, which was 2015, my tax return showed an income of 12,000 bucks. And I started my business in May, early May. So I, between May and December, I made $12,000. And I was starving. I had no other income. I, I wasn't, you know, on a payroll somewhere. I wasn't working for anyone else. And that was really rough. And I spent way more money than $12,000. So that was my first mistake is I didn't live within my means. And it's still a mistake that I am paying for nearly nine years later. So that would be my first word of advice. My second word of advice would be to get the boat closer to the dock before you jump. I was really nervous about working for someone. And that's a whole story we can go into sometime. But I wanted to do it all on my own right off the bat. And if I was wise, I would have worked for someone even part-time while I was growing my business until there was enough work to work full-time. The other thing that I did as a small business owner is I did almost anything to make an income. And I don't, I'm not saying that like in an X-rated way, but I did anything that a client asked to make money, even if it wasn't in my area of expertise. And I got spread too thin. I was known for too many things. And it wasn't the best use of my time, so it was better to narrow in and start to say, sorry, we don't do that, but here's who we recommend. And I think the other big mistake that I made is I thought I was busy, and I did not know what deep work was. I did not know the actual things that would move the needle, but I could certainly blow eight hours at my computer and hardly make any impact. And now I think about if I could go back, if I had to start a business tomorrow, which is not out of the realm, but if I wanted to start another business, I could make such an impact in six months of hustle than I did probably in the first three or four years of my business. And so it's amazing how much time management matters and how we can look busy or we can say we're busy and we're scrolling on social media or we're not actually doing the hard things instead of just putting our nose to the grindstone and doing it. The other thing, this is maybe just a lesson, is 
cold calling really works. And that's something I should have done a lot more of when I first started is just pick up the phone and talk to people until they say no and then call someone else. Are you looking for a way to make positive steps towards your goals and have a community to support you on your journey? The Cattleman U Collective is our revamped online membership community for ranch women to connect and learn ranch skills. We will be covering our six pillar topics, money, cattle, relationships, home, faith, and cooking each month. The collective is perfect for the ranch woman who is yearning for community that will meet her where she's at and challenge her to reach new, bigger goals. You can join as a monthly member today at the link down below. Hindsight is truly 2020 and learning from those mistakes is important. What advice would you give somebody before they make those mistakes? The best advice that I can give you is to know exactly who your ideal customer is. And your ideal customer should make you nervous because it's so specific. And really know the value of hustling. We talk a lot about this on the team that there are some people in some instances where hustle comes more naturally and you have to figure out where you fall on that. But I'm a person that can hustle and I can move the needle 10 days with dedicated interest in something. I can make a big impact and I think you got to know when to turn it on. If you want to be successful in growing a business and starting a business, you got to get serious. And you got to really hustle. And when I mean hustle, I'm saying you're not going to the bars. You're not going to the movies. I'll give you a good example. Someone on the team said that they were watching The Bachelor. And I've been in a season of hustle because it's our spring production sale. And I'm a project manager for all of these bull sales and all of these websites. And we're launching the Kettle Menu Collective. And... All of these kind of cool things are happening. So I've really been in a season of hustle. And I said, oh, there's a, there's a bachelor out? I didn't even know the season was out. And I think that when you're in a true season of hustle, it's nose to the grindstone. And you have to know how to do that. You also have to know when the hustle ends. You can't hustle forever. And one of the things that we're really good about in all of the companies is setting a break for hustle. We're going to grind until here, and then it's going to lighten up. It's going to ebb and flow. And just saying, you're going to work really hard. This is going to be a lot of work. We're going to sacrifice some things we want to do to help hit a goal, to get this accomplished, to move the needle, X, Y, and Z, and then we're not. And so I really think that people need to learn what hustle means. And if I could go back and do it all over, I mean, I would really hustle. Because back then it was a lot easier. I didn't have a husband. I didn't have niece or nephews. You know, all of these things. It was much easier to hustle when there weren't as many distractions. And so you have the opportunity to control how much input you put into something. That is a direct result of the output. 
that is one of the coolest things that I've experienced through the retail store. Any energy we put into marketing is directly seen in sales almost immediately. The marketing business, it's about two years. So the impact we put in now, we see in about two years. Retail, it's almost immediate. It's one of the coolest things. You hustle really hard for a week and you can see your sales double. And I think having those cause and effects as you watch them in life can be really helpful. You've had your businesses for nine years now. So you've had a lot of highs and some lows. But what is the thing that you are most proud of in each of your businesses? So I have had K Rose Company for nine years, started in May of 2015. Kettle Menu started in July of 2020. I got my first cows when I was in eighth grade. So I think that would have been. 2006, 2007, something like that. Don't do the math on how old I am. And the rancher's daughter started in October of 22. So I'm at all different seasons in, you know, business and in partnerships as I'm growing these businesses, but we'll just go kind of oldest to newest. I think the The thing that I'm the most proud about in the cattle piece is growing my herd to the size it is and being able to see the quality of calves that we're getting. And also we sell some purebred unregistered bulls and having customers call and say, I need to buy the bulls again. Like they're calling me in the fall for bulls that will be ready in April and May. And so that just tells me I'm doing something right. And the other thing, one of my favorite parts is I get to do it with my dad and brother. They get to be there and help make decisions and mentor. And I just love that piece. Um, For K-Rose Company, I think the thing that I'm most proud about is the team that I've built. It's very similar. The K-Rose team and Kettleman U team is kind of under one umbrella, but dang, I have an incredible team and everyone's in different seasons of life. And so, you know, we have a lot of part-time employees and and some full-time employees, but everyone really cares about the mission. And I love that. And they're just so incredibly talented. And it's humbling that they want to work for me because I'm a young leader in a business and a lot of um, majority of them have been there for multiple years. I think the average year of average years that the K Rose employees have worked for me is three. And so, you know, we have people who've been on the team for a long time and a majority of the team has been here for three years or longer. And so it's really fun to watch them grow and be able to support their home goals and their life goals while They get to use the talents that God has given them, and it's fun. I think we all really enjoy each other, and we all like the work, and they're really proud of our customers and the impact. And I think the other thing that I'm more recently proud about is we've kind of tweaked a little bit what kind of customers we're going to do, and 
and just how we're going to serve the industry. We are really passionate about the agriculture industry and, and the seed stock industry. And we put some firm boundaries. And for the first time in my business, I've said to people, I don't think I'm the right fit for you. This is what we look for in a marketing partnership. And I think that there's better fits for what you're looking for or what you want to dabble in. And that's been really hard because I spent years just taking any and all. You want to book something with me and you're not quite in agriculture? That's fine. And we're at a place now where in order to serve people really well means we can't serve them all. And it's Every time I say no, I check with the team. I'm like, okay, we're all on board, right? This is the right answer for this project. And they all agree. And it's hard, but it's also very empowering and something I'm really proud about. I think Kettleman U, of course, the team, but they fall under the K-Rose team umbrella. I th- I'm really, really proud about at how creative we can be and how well we're listening to the audience and serving them. I think it's so cool to be able to fill a need and to have these crazy ideas. I'm an ideas person and that we get to have ideas that the team helps come to fruition is so cool. And, and I'm really proud about ranch camp. I'm proud of course about the way my dad and brother have handled and accepted and empowered and encouraged ranch camp and just the change that it gets to make in people's lives. I think the farm to table retail store, the thing I'm the most proud about is one, retail's really hard. And I think just figuring it out, I'm really proud that we've been able to figure a lot out and we have such a beautiful space that people compliment all the time. And we have people that we are their only source of meat. And that makes me really proud to know that the product is high quality. They're coming back week after week, sometimes multiple times a week, to buy the meat that they're feeding their family. You've talked a little bit about this throughout the episode, but how has your herd and businesses changed since you started them? Well, K-Rose Company has changed a lot. So I'll talk to you a little bit about the evolution of that. Um, so when I first started, it was called K-Rose Cattle. And it was mostly cattle procurement and a little bit of marketing. And I sold a lot of bread cattle on the social media. And that's really where it started. And then I had small businesses reach out. And so then I started K-Rose Marketing and Consulting. And I really realized that it was all one thing. And so then we rebranded in um, 2019 to just K-Rose Company. And really changed our focus to the seed stock industry and how we can support them and then other businesses in agriculture as well that kind of fit that. So farm to table or rural town businesses. So that has had a huge evolution. We still buy feeder calves and I still market bread cattle, but the seed stock is our current bread and butter and where I really like to be and like to make a big impact. This summer on June 17th through 21st, 2024, we're hosting She's a Hand Ranch Camp Summer Camp Edition. This camp will be an opportunity for young women, 15 to 18 years old, to come to Montana and learn hands-on cattle handling skills. We'll be accepting 14 applications. You can apply today at the form below 
or request more information by emailing info at cattlemenu.com. My cattle herd hasn't changed. Obviously, it's grown. Um, I remember the days where I had two cows. I started out with two cows. I won one cow as a scholarship, and then I bought a second cow. And um, so I started out with two cows, and I remember, you know, how important every single calf was and and how I remember saying something to someone that I had a 100% calf crop for like seven years, and my dad said, that's because you have five cows. <laughs> But the one thing that's changed a little bit now with my cows is I actually ended up in a bad deal with some red cows. I'll tell that story really quick. So I have a purebred commercial black Angus herd. And I sold some red heifers for a customer of ours, a long-term customer of ours who was retiring. His wife had had a horse rack and he needed to sell his bred heifers and he had like eight of them. So I found a guy in Montana to buy him. He came with a small trailer and he loaded up five of them and said, I'll come back tomorrow for the next three. And then he blocked my number. And I had given my word to this guy that I was going to take these heifers. So I called my dad on the phone and I said, well, apparently I just bought three red heifers. And this was several years ago. And I remember I didn't have enough money in my business account to write a check for three heifers. And so my dad had to help me get these three heifers home and they were red, bread red. And my brother, Jacob, who helps, runs the operation and who calves my cows when I'm on the road, was thrilled. He loves red Angus cows. And so now they have grown and we have a lot more red cows, but that's really the only addition that we've made is we still really try to focus on good quality heifer calves. We keep for replacements. We want them to be a little bit lighter than most when we breed them. We raise some commercial bulls and we sell some commercial bulls. And then all of my calves we um, keep and run as yearlings. So it's changed a little, but the mission is still the same. And I think we talked a little bit earlier about how the cattle menu changed and what that looked like when we first started and some of the things that we've dabbled in inside Cattleman U to get us to this point, which is a mission we've been on for two years now, something we feel really passionate about. So half the life of Cattleman U is letting women know they belong at the business table and they're needed at the business table and creativity is one of your biggest strengths. And the way you think differently than men is such an asset to production agriculture. The rancher's daughter, it really... It's mostly just awareness in how the business has changed. And we have some fun things planned for spring of 24. We're going to do a sourdough class, which I'm really excited because I would love to get on the sourdough train. I just don't know how to do that. And so I'm really, really excited about being able to offer more local products to the community and just having more availability and doing some education inside that. So in this section... I'm going to give you a common hesitation that people can have when they are starting on a new project or business, and I want you to break down how you would battle these hesitations. The first one is, it doesn't feel like the right time to start. Well, it never feels like the right time, and it always feels too late, and it always seems like the moment you start something, you'll see someone else on social media who had the same dang idea. But 
I am a big believer that you have to start. And I think we sometimes get caught up not pulling the trigger because we want to make it perfect. And I am not a perfect person. My team will very clearly tell you that. I can get us to 80%, like the best of them, but that last 20%, man, really hard for me. You have to just start. It's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be easy. You're never going to have enough time in your day, in your life. If it matters, you'll make the time. If it doesn't matter, you won't. And so you're the only one that can control your destiny. I just had a conversation with my nephew who is eight. And they, the doctor told him that he needs to be drinking more milk. And he needs to drink milk at every meal. And he's brought it up a couple meals. Hey, I'm supposed to have a glass of milk. And then you'll pour him a glass of milk and he'll say, that's actually a little too much milk. And I sat down and I said, only you know how much milk you've drank and if you drank enough milk. And the success of getting more calcium is only up to you. You are 100% in control of your destiny. I said, I don't care if you drink more milk. I said, it doesn't matter to me that you're a little on the short side. That's why they want him to drink more milk is because he is 90, 90% of kids are growing faster than him. So he's on the short side. I said, it doesn't matter to me. I said, this is an instant where you are 100% in control of your future. And in our life, we are the only one that knows how much effort we put in and if it's really not the right time. If it's really not the right time, put a date on your calendar and say, I'm going to start today and make it in a week. If you have one hectic week, put it on your calendar and then do it. You can't say it's not the right time and then blame other things. Oh, X, Y, and Z, like just take action. And I think a lot of times I notice this with stupid tasks, sending an email that I've put off for a couple of days and I end up doing it. It took 10 minutes. I was like, oh, why didn't I just do that? And a lot of times we pigeonhole ourselves into not starting because it doesn't feel perfect and you just got to start. The second hesitation is I don't feel confident in my ability to start. I don't feel confident in my ability to start. I heard a saying the other day that I actually wrote down and was really impactful. Practice makes confidence. Practice does not make perfect. You have to practice in order to increase your confidence. You're not getting more confidence sitting there thinking about it. And so if that's playing a factor in your start, you have to just do it because there's nothing you can do unless you practice. And I think if we could all go back, right, the very first time we did anything, we didn't know. We weren't good. We didn't have the skills. And I'm an eight on the Enneagram. And one of the things I say to my husband is, I don't like to do things I'm bad at in public. I don't want other people to see me be bad at something. And he always laughs. And he's like, how else are you going to learn? Practice makes confidence. So you have to start. The last hesitation is, I don't have a community near me to lean on. Social media has changed community, for sure. I think in some aspects, 
We feel like we have more community in some aspects. We feel lonelier than ever. But you have to find or build the community that you want. One of my favorite follows on social media, and I hope I'm saying her name right, is Felicia Masonheimer. And she talks about, this isn't a Christian sense, but I think the concept will make sense to you guys. She talks about if you want to have more community, you need to be the community. And I love that. You want more people in your life? Are you facilitating a life that more people are invited to? It's hard, but it's so important. One of the things that I just actually, I did my March and April goals yesterday, and I want to have Sunday night dinners where people come to our house and we play games and we have community. And so I put host three of those on my March and April goals, because if I want a community where I'm going to other people's house for dinner and we're playing games, I got to be the one that starts. And so if you don't feel like you have a community, two things, you got to start one, reach out and find them. And you got to lean on social media because nowadays we can be connected with people all over the world at the click of a send button. And that's never happened before. Thank you for sharing so much insight about how to get started during this episode. My final question for you is if you could meet 22-year-old Caroline, what would you tell her? 22-year-old Caroline. (laughs) Um... I think one thing that I was told midway through starting my business, which really impacts me, actually two things. The answer is no, if you don't ask. It's already no. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're applying for a house and you need the rent to be a little bit lower. If you don't have enough guts to ask, the answer is already no. So if you want the answer to be yes, the only opportunity is to ask. So that has really, I think about that all the time. I say that to the K Rose team now all the time. Well, you haven't asked, so the answer is currently no. What's the harm in asking? And the other thing, too, is it's really important to be in rooms where you're not the smartest person, but where you're willing to outwork every person in the room. I think one of the things that we say is like, oh, put yourself, surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. But that has to come with something, and that's a work ethic. You can only control your work ethic. You got to get stuff done. And I think 22-year-old me was worried about the future, wanted to control a lot of the future. And looking back, man, there's so many things in my life that have happened exactly how they should have and things that I would have changed in the moment. But I can't go back and change them because they have all created the flow. And the other thing, too, is you got to know your value and you got to remember who really matters in life. There might not be another opportunity to make it to a baseball game or to show up for someone's birthday. And so balance that with hustling. And I think my 20s would have been a little bit easier. Thank you again. That's great advice. I appreciate how much I can learn from you in these settings. And I know that everybody else will also get lots of nuggets of truth from this episode. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cattleman U podcast. We look forward to talking to you guys again soon.
Thanks again for listening to the Cattle Menu Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We are thankful to have you in your community. Like always, remember, the grass is greener where you water it.